and welcome to the Going Down the List podcast. This week on episode seven, we're going to be discussing football, fantasy, or as the youth say, fantasy football. And in other sporting news, the Braves clinching the NL East. Cunha bets. Who do you have? And also, in a little college football news, we're going to be talking more Neon Dion. Not only shades and hats, but also if Tennessee can get all over the Florida Gators in the swamp, Georgia, South Carolina, and if the Clemson offense is good enough to survive, much less make the playoff. All this and more on this episode of Going Down the List. And welcome in to the Going Down the List podcast. I'm E.T. Dubs. I'm here with Jer Bear and Stubbles. That's right. We're here and we have a name. We are no longer to be named. We are named. Feels good. Feels good. When I hear it, I like that. Have an identity. Yep. Sense of purpose. We'd like to thank Mr. Stubbles there for for the name. Um, yeah, which, for, you know, what was I, don't the, know what, I don't know. What was the inspiration? Was it the picture of the list of things to talk no, about? No, no, that what? came after. Okay, okay, okay. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. No, well, really, uh, I don't know. I was just driving to work this morning. I don't know. This is because I was sleep deprived from like playing too much GTA late night this week. Could be. I've stayed up like probably till twelve o'clock every time this week. Like GTA, so I think <laughs> yeah, you know, just grinding out millions of dollars, but um, blowing it on cars, <laughs> and then coupled that with just how like drainingly slow we've been today at work, mm. like this, this week at work. Oh yeah, so slow. Yeah, that'll that'll ironically drain you. But I don't know, just that, and just driving to work this morning and listening to a podcast. I was like, just thinking about like. Like our style and all that, and I just decided to land on that. It's, it's, I like it. Okay, it fits the, like the way our style is. You know, we cover yes. a lot of topics. Yes. So, going just down gonna, the list. Yeah, going down the list. Just got a lot of thoughts to get out there. That's right. And for this week, we are going to start with a review of all of our week ones in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, fellas, how yes, we, how uh, we feeling after week one? You know, disappointed. I uh, I get I want to know, so I can't I can't come out here and say like I'm upset. A win's a but, win, because a win is a win. But as far as feeling like my team is competitive to. Like the level it was last year when I made that deep run, mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. No, but it it was a wacky week in the NFL. That's right. Well. Was there anybody specifically who disappointed you that you're worried about long term? Oh man, Lamar. Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. Swap <laughs> names there. Josh. AJ Brown. Yeah, the the turnovers um, for Josh the turnovers. Allen. Um, my RB two spot really take your pick: James Cook, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't feel I don't, the way I feel about my team 
when I look at it, and I felt this way last year, except last year I had Kelsey, so it he really does set you apart. Yeah. Like he, he kind of puts yep. you in a tier above, no yep. matter what the rest of your team looks like. Yep. Uh, but without seeing him on the week to week lineups this this year, I feel like I drafted like what would be probably a a really good elite, like one of the best teams in like a ten man league that you yeah. could draft. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but for an eight man league, when I when I look back to some of the players I could have had, like over Josh Allen and over um even AJ Brown and Chris Olave, like who I, and Amari Cooper, like who I could have taken there, especially like a running back. Um I don't feel super strong on my team. Hmm. Brandon, what are you yeah, what are your thoughts? I, I, I don't think you're gonna be worried long term about T. Higgins. No, no, that I mean that was just very that was just tough to swallow. A giant goose egg. Just yeah, the Bengals yeah. in general that day that was, was bad. Fluky rain not, game. Yep. Not there. Out by the lake. Yeah, you know, the ball is fly different out there by bodies of water, but um <laughs> I don't know. Uh another dumb play was me uh yeah, I know Jeremy recommended this, but <laughs> thank calling you. you out. Thank you. Appreciate no, that. No, 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 no. But like, I don't think nobody could un- like predict Brandon Ayuk going off for thirty-two oh, points. Not, yeah, no, not for what he did. No. I didn't even but, think he was going to do that. Yeah, but the bonehead move I'm really mad about though is I left Madison in by accident. Yep. I, I didn't know he was playing. Oh, you're talking about for this week. Oh, you meant this week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Which, he was in your flex spot. Yep. That's rough. It it wasn't the worst play, though. I mean, you looked better, but you never know. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of variance there in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, I don't, if if he scores 30 points again this week, I, you can kick me out of the league. I swear. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know. High scoring game last night. You wouldn't expect Madison to come out with four points. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. Like my running back. I have two really good runs. You do. I I could potentially have three very really good running backs if Jonathan Taylor ever decides to sign. This is true. But right now, I am stuck with Madison. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not confident in him. Uh, my wide receivers, I have plenty of depth. I can make my wide receivers work. Uh, with, let's see, I have London, Atlanta. I got uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Gabe Davis. Uh, I got, I uh, got Higgins and C.D. Lamb. So, like I said, I'm not very worried about my wide receiver, Dick Gabe Davis, yet. Uh, I got not worried at all about that. Uh, but definitely quarterback. I don't know. Just I didn't watch Lamar's game, but that what seven points? Yeah, got me. Was, yeah, seven and a half points was kind of scary. Some fumbles. And... Didn't seem like he was really able to get anything going. And I don't know if that was him or more or less the whole team or what. No, it was not a whole lot of action. 
Yeah, he didn't need like to do a whole lot necessarily. No. That's the thing. Uh, which Texans there? It's a, it's a good time yeah. to say that I did. I did reach out to Raymond earlier this week about a possible trade. Done enough because I was eyeing Mr. Aaron Jones, who I have in my other league, uh, my mm. my twelve man league that I'm in. Right. But I don't, I don't know that we, we can make something work. I was even, I had Josh <laughs> Allen on one end of this trade for Aaron Jones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that we'll make something work. Mainly because Aaron Jones is now possibly not going to play this week. Mm. Yeah. So that's it's, where it's my tough. The, the injury at. status of it, which is, I mean. It's detrimental for me in my other league because my backup to Aaron Jones to throw in my RB2 or RB1 spot is Kyron Williams, uh, Jalen Warren, um, and that's that's pretty much it, or Rashawn Johnson, who's projected at five points flat. So it's a very steep drop-off there. But, hey, it was RB1 on the week for you last week, Ray. So, I mean, he can – he can be a beast. Him and McCaffrey, that could be that could be nasty. Oh well, yeah, I mean, and then you look at my two starting uh, wide receivers. Like yep. yeah, Higgins, he has to battle with uh, Chase and all that over there in Cincinnati. But I mean, with having CD Lamb and him, it could be dangerous. Uh, my tight end is another place I'm kind of a little weary about. I don't know about Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. and. Arthur Smith hates fantasy football. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and then, like, Cole Komet could be good if Justin Fields can figure out and if the Bears can just figure out how to run an offense that's capable of doing anything. Yep. Downfield. Yeah, so. Meanwhile, the the 62.5 percenters are looking like a stacked, well-oiled machine. I I didn't want to I didn't want to brag, but I'm I'm feeling pretty good. The the one spot I am a little worried about is uh, I guess I would say wide receiver three or flex because it's rare I'm going to play a running back in that spot. But I'm just I wish I had a little more quality here. I wish there was a little more separation between my guys I had to pick from. It's Mike Williams, Terry Mack, and George Pickens. And I, you it know, drops that, off after, it drops off hard. The indecision between those three is hardcore because any of them it is. could, you know, have yep. a couple of big plays in a given week, and it's hard to pick which one it might be. Yep. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, very excited oh, about that, ETN, uh, Saquon, you know, I, they're not going to have no. that kind of result every no. week. Erase uh, it. Erase the whole thing. Tyreek, of course, what else can you say? And Jalen, he's back in a quarterback competition with Tua on my fantasy team. But he he was really good last night. He was. Those those rushing touchdowns, that that push play. Oh, man. It's going to be fun for you. But, and and a real question here. That's why I took him. Yeah, I I don't blame you. Tyreek Hill. Do you do you think there's a case that he should have been the one oh one? No, no. Not in my nope. no. Not at, not I don't think class. so. 
Okay. I, okay. And it's Just nothing curious. to do with him. It's more questions about two as uh, long-term ability. Health. Don't, right. Yeah, the yeah, ability to sure. unlock. Yeah, know, I mean, you abilities. know. <laughs> watch Justin Jefferson. Anytime you watch him, like for a oh, whole man. game, it's it's insane. Tyreek is faster than anybody on a football field, but JJ is he's fast. He's Routes. an elite route runner. He can go up and pinpoint a ball. Uh, he's everything you want. Last night, I mean, they were against a pretty tough defense. A few cornerbacks injured for Philadelphia, but he was still going up against Darius Slay. And he, without catching any touchdowns, casually puts up 20-plus fantasy points. Yep. Yeah. 20, yeah. I haven't. I had the one-on-one in that 12 man. I was talking about him. I went Jefferson. But I was just yeah, like, you have last to. week, because he, he was fine. He had the same thing. It was like, he had nine catches for 150 yards by the end of the game or something. It was just something yeah. kind of bonkers. No touchdowns or anything. But but then, you know, Tyreek did what he did. And it's kind of like, man, like what? Like, just looks different when he's out there running. Tyreek, yeah, I mean. And true. Jefferson, too. Yeah, 23, 24.9 points with no touchdowns. So, 11. They're both in the top level. They are. Um, but, yeah, if we're ready to wrap it up with fantasy, I think we're going to let Raymond lead us into a little discussion around – sorry about this, Jeremy – the Atlanta no, Braves. Take it away. Take it away. Boys, I'm sitting here watching this right now. I'm watching the game right now. We're up 6-4 to four on these for tomorrow. Well, sorry, Miami tomorrow. Miami. Yeah, but they're wearing the – I guess you call them – Throwbacks, but uh, a Florida Marlin pinstripes. Oh, strange! From when they played the uh, played in the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. God, those were dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it looks good. But no, I, like this team, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, and it's not just like yeah, Ronald Cunha, in my opinion. Brave set stand. I'm going to root for him. He's MVP. Oh yeah, I I think but, it's no doubt in the National League. Yeah, it, he's people talking about Met uh, bets, but isn't he hurt? I thought Did he was he hurt. hurt. I I don't know, but he either way, he has not produced at the level Ronald has throughout the entire season. No, and like. Like what he's beating him in RBIs, I think, and home, yeah, home runs. runs. Yeah, but Ronald's doing something that nobody has ever done. So, and right. then couple that with what the team itself has done, because it was not just him that's like oh. absolutely raking. It's everybody. Like exactly like when Strider is actually able to like I don't know what he has going on when he has his bad days, but when he is on his A game, he is unhittable. He is pinpointing, just missing bats. And he's on a historic season, I think, right, for like Strike House or something like that? Yes. Yeah. And then, obviously, you got Matt Olson chasing down uh, records Mm -hmm. left and right. Just. Yep, I don't know if he's broken one tonight. I haven't seen. I jumped in on the fourth, but yeah, he's one away from breaking that. And then obviously Ronald is just 
And then obviously the people that don't, that aren't headline players, you got Orlando Arcia. Nobody expected him to bat 300 or whatever he's doing. No. And then, yeah, just everybody's just pulling their weight. And it's just really nice to see. Absolutely. And I got, because they're what? They're going 95 and 50. Yeah. That's, that, that's 45 games above 500. That, that's. Wow. Yeah. 17 games up on the Phillies right now in the East. <laughs> wow. And then, and then, those, then, like, third place is 21 and a half. The Marlins are 21 and a half games back. Yeah. The Mets, yeah. with the highest payroll in baseball history, are 28 games back. That's insane. It is. It's, it feels good. Because oh, yeah, we have we have all these players on steals. Mm. Ron Cooney, I don't know his exact figures for his salary. It was but... ten years, a hundred million dollars, I believe, when he signed it. And he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and he, like I said, he that was that is literally highway robbery. Him and Ozzy Alden's uh, contracts. Yeah, and Austin Riley's really. Yeah, no, because like everybody, and they locked up all. We've locked up our whole core just on cheap deals. As long as Max Fried signs for relatively cheap. Yeah, well, we'll <sighs> see. That'll be something to sort out in the off season. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely this season with his injuries. I mean, I know we did play it a little safe by not mm-hmm. rushing him back. And everything. Yeah, with good reason. Yeah, I mean, because he came back and he's looks like he's never been hurt. But and then there's another stat that I saw: our home and the way splits are we're 47 25 and 49 25 <laughs> in the way splits. Wow. So obviously we played more away. Yeah, yeah two away. more. We played two more games away, but to have Basically, the same record home and away just means that, like, it's not it's not that we're playing better in our park as a home field advantage. We're just actually just beating people's asses left and right. We're disrespecting them in their own home. Yeah. That's why we're the rude boys. But the rude boys, <laughs> the rude boys. So no, it's Top just County. it just feels good. Yep. It does. Well, so I, the one last question I have for you on this before we move on is, I, is it a World Series or bust year, do you feel like? That's hard. Yeah, I was going to say, you think you might have a stop. I, I feel like coming into the season, I did not have that expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, that wasn't because I was like, oh, we – we're doomed, like, we suck now just because we lost. We exited out of the uh, postseason so early last year or anything. It's, I came in with us expecting to go deep in the playoffs and potentially win the World Series. That was my real outlook on that and expectations. But now... But now. But now, with the way the team is... The way the team has played and also just, like, the hype and media fanfare around it, it definitely has played out to be a World Series or bust year. Originally, I was not – it was not a World Series or bust year. But now I feel like it is definitely 
now that doesn't mean they'll turn around and sell the whole team or anything, but no, no, it would definitely be it would feel like a lost season in a sense. Yes, well, with how special it's been, I mean, and how dominant they've been, how much better they are than everybody else in baseball right now. I mean, ninety six wins. In the AL, the Orioles have 91. That's the closest you're going to get. And in the National League, the closest is, of course, the Dodgers with 88. So five and eight games up on those two teams for the best record in baseball. Um, Yeah, I I think it has to be World Series or bust with the way it's played out. And I I don't mean that in a negative light, but it just that's what this team is capable of, clearly. So That's just the standard they've played up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to finish it. Yeah, that's right. Well, I can. Well, I mean, I can add a little bit by saying I don't. I don't think the Red Sox are going to win the World Series this year. I was going to um, ask, what's the path forward for the Red Sox here, Jim? I, I don't, we're not in playoff contention. I mean, it's oh not, no. No, 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 it's not even. But you fired uh, the GM this week. We did. We did. So, so what do you think? The missing cog is for the um, Sox are. You know, I I don't have a chance to watch them that much. Yeah, you know, so they make the whole, it I mean, so tough. They they make it really tough, and I really was a big Mookie guy. And when we had you know the Killer Bees in the in the outfield, like right. watching that team, it, mm-hmm. it felt genuine. It felt like a genuine Red Sox team, but then it just didn't. Like I don't know, we're missing heart. We're missing fielding. We're missing good players, to be honest with you. So that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and definitely the Orioles coming out of nowhere this year definitely get help away. That. Yeah, man, a team of young studs just showing off. Shout out to David Simon. <laughs> um, do y'all want to move on to some college football here? I believe it. I suppose we need to. We can. Yes. All right. Well, I just to start us off, I have one question. Fellas, when you talk to adults, do you take off your hat and sunglasses? <laughs> Never. I put on an extra uh, pair of both. <laughs> Mad disrespect. What, what does – all right, here's the question. What What does Dion do after they inevitably win by 35 tomorrow at the handshake? Oh, you know what he does. He what puts he on an extra pair of both. Okay. If he doesn't pull like... another pair of sunglasses <laughs> and another hat, I would be disappointed. No, 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 no. Hear, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. I feel like he comes out, you know, in Dion, he's going to have like, it might not be like a solid gold or like a metal hat, but like it might be like oh, a something, yes. gold, gold fabric hat. And like, I don't know if like, uh, Classic gold shades or like a gold chain necklace with glasses is <laughs> like the medallion, but that would be young prime Dion. Okay. So, you know, this is college game day is going to be there um, tomorrow, but like I referenced in the college football instant take podcast last week, it's going to be their easiest game of the season so far. At, it, so we're not going to take much away from this game, but like, what are y'all's overall thoughts on Colorado and what do you think their potential is? Maybe not for the playoff, but the season as a whole. I think 
I think just Dion being there, he he ha- he has a way with players. I don't know. I feel like just for me watching him and just him being a former player and just him being Dion, you know, people want to play for him and like. How just like with what he's because like what they turned over how many people at Colorado? I think they it was almost seventy five out of eighty five of their scholarship spots they turned over. So like I said, to be able to like take that many true freshmen or whatever transfers, whatever new, but they're new to your system. And pretty much everybody there is new to your system. So you have 85 new recruits there. And to come in and break up TCU like that? I know. I don't know. Kind of unbelievable. Just overall, yeah. like They can, they can do whatever Nebraska. they want. Go as far as they want. Really. So next week they get uh, Oregon. <laughs> so the, the challenge will step up a little bit. And then USC yep. is not far behind that one. We'll see. I feel like if, if they come out with those two, like even if they don't win those two, if they keep it within, I would say fourteen points, I would feel like those would be wins for them. Well, I yeah. mean, already you know they won one game last year against, and it was Colorado State. They were arguably the worst team in Power Five football, and. They've won two, including one against the team who played in the national championship game last year. So, I don't think there's any question that it's already a a success. Win season, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I because I I did expect them to be better, but I did not expect them to be like this. I did not expect them to be two and zero for sure. No, not not the way that they're two and zero either. I mean, no, a dominant win against Nebraska just, last week. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. dominance, but um, they kind of they remind the, me of the you know the game mode Madden the yard. Yes, where <laughs> it's just like it just kind of they kind of look like they're playing at a different speed, and mm-hmm. it it also just kind of look looks like they can they can run around and do whatever they want, and it might be a little reckless sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I, I see. I do see them getting into some tight games, but mm-hmm. I think I think in the end they can kind of control the game with their offense and the players Absolutely. that they have. Yeah, so I I think we'll, we'd all of course take Colorado in that game this week. It's a it's a snoozer of a college football weekend, but sometimes that produces some good results. Uh, a few more of the good games we'll, we'll talk about first: Tennessee, Florida. What I mean, I think Tennessee is the obvious favorite here. I think the spread's a little over a touchdown. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I have. I don't trust Florida. Yeah. Oh I, man, I this, this is this is a worse than normal Florida, and normal Florida is overhyped. So <laughs> I I have Tennessee up by two. Is my final. I feel okay, like so I feel like it's going to be close. close I feel game. like, yeah, it's going to be close. But I feel like Florida's just going to commit dumb fumbles, just interceptions, whatever. The silly Gators. That's exactly. the silly Gators. They'll just Florida it. So, and yeah, I just feel like, and then 
Yeah, Tennessee, they might not be as, like, dynamic as they were last year. But they're still a good team. I feel like they, yeah. have, most, they have most pieces there to, like, continue having a good, good team year in, year out. And this is just another year of that. I, I'd agree. Jay? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I pretty much did what everything has been said. I got, I got Tennessee here. Not quite as close, though. I see mm. at least a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Hoping it's not more. I'll put it that way. Hoping it okay. does stay yeah. interesting. We need something good in that night. Yeah, window. we do. We do. Um, at the cause... 3.30 window. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Because we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, uh, Georgia-South Carolina is the biggest helmet game of the, that window. Maybe the second biggest helmet game of the day. At Georgia, 28-and-a-half-point favorites, I think, and that makes a whole lot of sense. I think the biggest concern for South Carolina in this one has to be getting Spencer Rattler out of Athens healthy. Do, do they even play Spencer Rattler? <laughs> do you just <laughs> rest him for the week? Do, now, do, they, do, they I... did win. They did win there. Was it 2019? I believe they went in there and won, and it was Georgia's only loss until the SEC championship game. Was it, what did you say, 2019? 2019, I believe. That's right. Um, was that Spencer Rattler, though, that did that? Oh, no, no. no. This is just his second year there. Yeah, exactly. I, their offensive line. Line. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, plus their offensive line. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they do like a they they basically they probably they might just fill it out. If they're smart, they fill it out. If they're down, like just they just see he's not on point and they're down, hopefully they just go ahead and pull him and just like save him for the next game and not yeah. just keep on running him out there if he's just getting sacked left and right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, the question here, I guess, for us isn't does Georgia win? It's do they cover that twenty-eight and a half point spread? What do y'all think? I think they do. Okay. Yeah. I think it might be one of those games that just gets blown up at some point, just blown apart. Maybe it looks interesting for a minute, maybe even till halftime, and then forty-one ten sounds. Realistic, maybe forty-one ten. That would be that would cover it. Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know. I could see it. Georgia's good, but I don't know. And yes, South Carolina's offensive line is dog. I do think they score more than that, South Carolina. I don't know if they to, to ask for twenty-eight and a half to cover That's a lot of points against an FBS team. Yeah, regardless of the quality. I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be a heavy Georgia win, but it's not. I don't know if we cover. We might come close. We might yeah. be. It might be a twenty point. But I don't think twenty eight and a half. Yeah. Personally, well, hopefully this is the week we finally learn something about Georgia. Um, I don't think I've watched them play a snap of football yet this year. Oh no, I and haven't that's, either. That's not an insult to them. It's just that you know there's been no need to watch their games. So. Thanks to the recent right. Oklahoma game. Yeah. A team who played played a bad, you know, I shouldn't say bad, but an FCS team last week plays a group of five team this week that you do need to watch carefully is the Clemson Tigers. 
And we don't need to really talk about Florida Atlantic necessarily here. Clemson's a big favorite, and they should win. Uh, probably will run away with it, but we need to talk about their offense. And mm. I, I want to hear from Mr. Mr. Barrius. Oh, Mr. Barrius has some fresh berries <laughs> on the vine for this. <laughs> it's, I mean, unfortunately, it's a it's a short conversation. Mm. It's Will Shipley, and there you go. There's we just talked about our <laughs> offense. Now we can move on to the next segment of the show. And it's so unfortunate. But I mean, maybe maybe things just look different all of a sudden. Yeah. But to I... me, we just don't look serious. We don't look like a serious mm-hmm. team on both ends of the ball. We don't. Yeah. We don't look any. I mean, <clears throat> I think I was telling uh, my other buddy this. Uh, we look. To me, we don't quite look as good as like Taj Boyd teams. Yeah, no, I don't absolutely. Think. Like not even close. And like those teams couldn't get I mean they got it done, but at the level that we've expected since 2016, I I don't know. Yeah, no. I don't know. I mean there are some in terms of offensive offensive success, they're top 10 in the country. It there are some positive signs, and Cade Klubnick showed some things in the second half last week. Uh, but they they got to stop with the, the bad, bad turnovers. And I will agree with you that they, I mean, don't look serious is a good way to put it. Unprepared is how they looked against Duke, and, you yeah. know, the result showed that. It, it showed on the field. They didn't look like the better team out there. Um, they didn't look ready to play. So I, I think that's a real question for Clemson right now is their their preparation and their internal standards. Yep. Uh, Do you think Dabo's time is up? Can't be. I mean, he, he's got to adjust is the whole thing. And, you know, hiring Garrett Riley was an adjustment that I didn't know if he was going to make, but he did. Um, and – Maybe that starts clicking. It did take a few games for Chad Morris to really start get going. Uh, I believe that was the year we struggled with Troy and Wofford early That's on. Right. Um, so we, yeah, we'll see. Um, gotta yeah, because next week, of course, Florida State coming to Death Valley, and they they definitely have to be better than they have been so far. It won't be oh, interesting. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, it could get ugly. Um, I don't think it does. I really don't think it does. If we want to talk about it at all, I, I, I think we kind of shape up by that point a little bit. I think that, I think they'll be ready for it. Um, I think they'll get up for it because it's a big game. Um, it is a little concerning that it might take that for them to, get up for a game, right. but that's yep. a different conversation. Yep. I, I think it'll be closer than how I feel it should be right now, yes. which is a strange way to put it, but it's the only yep. way I can put it. Um, I got a question real quick. Yeah. And this can just be a brief little topic, but with the current realignment that's going on in Bill College football, what do y'all think that do y'all fear that affects the parity of college football in terms um, of like the playoff? The current the way the way the playoffs are currently structured and the way the 
conferences and everything and the, uh, the league, quote unquote, is set up, do you think that could affect the parity of like who wins each year hmm. or what conference wins each year? Eric, if you want to take this one, I got to think about it for a minute. Yeah. Um, well, I okay. So it's it's a two parted question, kind of, because yeah. the the new playoff, the twelve team playoff, is supposed to increase parity in the game, and I don't think we'll see that right away. I think it'll take quite a while. Um, but theoretically, you know, they're letting in six conference champions automatically that will include a group of five team and now that's kind of a question with the pac 12 being the pac 2 what'll they do they certainly won't be a power five conference with just two teams uh, but anyways i that's going it won't change who's winning the national championship it's going to be georgia alabama ohio state maybe clemson we'll see if they can get back there um but as far as the conference situation goes, yes, that's that is bad for the game. Um, there's no question to me. It's ESPN and Fox are at the wheel, uh, trying to see who can make the most advertising revenue, and it's it's become a nasty situation with these schools and their their grants of rights and buyouts and backstabbing. I, it's yeah. yeah, it's bad for everybody. It, it, it Fans, takes away students. from what, like a university, a place of education shouldn't be, like willing and dealing with like I don't say they shouldn't be, but they shouldn't. It shouldn't be so cutthroat with a place of higher education. And I mean, you it should be a certain think. level of standard. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I've, I was telling Raymond earlier. It feels like since I've left Clemson, uh, every year. I've been less and less into just watching college football. Mm. Like, it's, it's just, you can't, I swear, when I'm watching a game, I have, like, two teams, and I'm not, I haven't really kept up with, but it's the game that's on, you know, and it's just on, like, live TV or something, maybe even not a big game. Every time a player makes a play, they're like, here's this guy who transferred from here. Like, it's all transfers, and it's all just about the portal now, which I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel the same to me to watch. Like, I don't know. I, I've I've fallen much much more into the NFL viewing circle. I feel. Yeah. Just seems just seems more more entertaining to me. Yeah. Well, I guess because like it takes away the aspect of like somebody coming there and like actually like falling in love with the campus. Right. Like a commit. Like, like what does a commit really mean? I don't yeah. know. Not not much. Not much anymore, and it's like it's it's a one year contract. Yeah, it's like, and if I'm gonna get sucked in all that, I'm gonna watch high level NFL football. I'm gonna like the game last night. I I pull for neither team. I'm a diehard Patriots fan. I'm watching the Eagles and the Vikings play, but I'm locked in because it's you know seems like seems like a blowout, and it's not. And it's just always a good game at high levels of football being played. There are stakes. I yep. I think I, now of course with college football there are guys who you know there are situations where of course people should do right. transfer coaches leave. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it's become too much of an issue, and people jump into the portal without having a spot sometimes, 
people are recruited before they get into the portal, which is technically supposed to get, be against the rules, but nobody's really enforcing it, so who cares, I guess? Yeah, like, where's, um, where's this, like, anti-colluding shit? Yeah, I, I mean, I do still feel like when I sit down, like, on Saturday, I get my two TVs out, and I'm just, like, yep. watching games. I get into it, man, and it's it's a game. That stuff is all annoying, and I get so tired of hearing about it. I, because I I love the game and I'm gonna love watching it on Saturday ultimately no matter what um, but I hate that this has dominated the conversation about it for so long at a wide scale yeah. uh, it's a pain and it doesn't seem like it's gonna stop anytime soon no. but yeah we'll we'll see um, we need Raymond I think to give us a little more. Hopefully, it's going to be uplifting. No? Yeah. Spark the conversation here. All right. So, we're going to start this off with a story. It's not going to be anything elaborate, but I was over at my grandma's. I call her names. I call her name. So, I was over at my nanny's, and we were having dinner. And uh, her sister in law, so my great aunt, was there. They're from a little country town down in Georgia, like, still to this day, like, country, country. Like, you don't have any cell reception in most of most parts. So, gotcha. um, we're just sitting around eating, and uh, I don't know how we get on the subject, but we do. And we get on the subject of, like, how they used to, like, uh, share this one... I forgot they called it the mama called it the water bucket, but they, they called it something else. But anyways, everybody shared this one bucket. It was like before they had running water and all that. They would all share this one bucket. It would have a ladle in it. If you want some water, you go over there and take the ladle, drink out of it, put it right back in there. And everybody did that. Somebody came over, they drank out the same ladle. Then, if they wanted some uh water, that's all. Sorry, if they wanted to wash their hands. They, there was like this wash basin. It's not even really a basin. They said it was almost like a, a deep pan, really. Okay. But it was filled with water. Was, there was like a little bar of soap right there next to it. And everybody washed their hands in the same water. There was, it wasn't running water. It was right. Just it was a, just a, okay. Yeah. And they didn't get uh, electricity until they were, until they were 14. So, and, Let's see. That would there's a sixty year difference between <coughs> us. So it's really what I'm getting at here is in sixty years. Now, obviously, with us living in the South is a little bit different than living in the rural South. It, they obviously lag behind a little bit, but going at least in their lifetime, in sixty years, going from no electricity. Oh, and they also didn't have indoor plumbing, so they all had you know, the pots underneath the bed and everything. Um, going from that to modern day times is, I don't know, it's just a cool way to think about how short time is and how fast we have like advanced in technology and how easy life has gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Just like over the course of 60 years, we've gone from 
at least in rural parts of the South, um, you know, not having running water and electricity to now having Wi-Fi and just just a smartphone in general is probably, I mean, mind-blowing in general if you think about it. It is, yeah, right. Oh, man. I understand what you meant now. Not, not 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 heavy, but it's just like no, it's it, deep. Like, it's not heavy, it's deep. Yeah, because it'll be like it's in our lifetime. Like like mm-hmm. that much change will happen in our lifetime. But also like, at the same time, Lord will willing. it though? Right, well, yeah, right. Not not like, saying because of like death or anything, but it just it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the how like where do we go from right. here? That's that's what I was gonna say. It doesn't seem like the advancements now are like as drastic. It's just like improvements to the advancements that we already have, you know, yeah. like AI, like AI is crazy, but it, yeah. you know, it's, it's, to me, it's like an offshoot or like a mutation, if you will, of the internet and like Wi-Fi right. and coding and, and all that stuff that at the time when it started was just like, whoa, groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. like it's, it's crazy technology, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the same impact. I feel like it's. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was coming eventually, right? Yeah, we did. Yes. No, AI yeah, scares the living hell out of me. It's terrifying. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't yeah. know if any of y'all are like into like philosophy or like mechanical philosophy or anything, but there's a thing in AI or like a philosophy called the singularity, and it's talking about at least the AI singularity, and if I remember going back to my college days, uh, in engineering philosophy, what they said is AI singularity is basically when AI gets to the point where AI can duplicate itself and like build itself and like learn on its own. Like, right. not like how it is right now, but like without getting input necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's like when when do like singularity is when AI becomes not AI and like it's so good you can't tell the difference between AI and human. Yeah, yeah we hit our very first uh, practice episode. Uh, her, the Spike yes. Jones movie. Exactly. Which that's the, the pretty much I guess the conclusion of that movie is the the AI all achieving that and going off on their own. Oh, Oh, I lost you, Ray. Raymond, you're in a tunnel. Oh, no. Okay, there you go. That sound good? Yeah, you're back. Okay, cool. Not, not, I'm trying not to sound super typical hat here, but what happens if AI gets to the point that it learns or somebody comes up with an AI, I don't know exactly how all this works, but algorithm or whatever that allows it to learn like just anything and everything. There's no like breaks. And it's able to like gain access to whatever. You know, it learns the ability to code itself. Like not like it personally, but able to create code or bypass code to get into things without being told, you know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. becomes sentient. 
I guess, yep. more or less. When I was scared with AI becoming simple. Yep. Yeah, well, that's a question for Skynet and Arnold Schwarzenegger, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess before we go, anybody been y'all been watching anything good? Um. Yes. Actually, I needed, yeah. and um, I will be like Mad Men is still. I will still have it on, but um, I, I think it was Universal when we went. We went on our vacation. I always, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with video games. Whenever I go away, uh, my whole routine is just disrupted. Yeah. And I come back and I'm I'm like kind of restless at first for mm-hmm. a little while. And right. I just kind of fall out of my old rhythms. But um, I kind of put on a little buffer show. I like to have a comedy at some point. Like just in rotation, whether it's The Office even or Comfort Show or just something, something for some laughs. Um, and I've gotten really into a show on Max. Um, it's called The Righteous Gemstones. Okay, yes. I, I know of this. I haven't watched it yet. I've um, heard good things. I, you, I, think, I think we need to scheme it in. I think we need okay. to scheme it in. It's, you know, Ted Lasso kind of did this where Ted Lasso was like hilarious. Is, is, not was, is just hysterical in its own weird way, though, because it's not really raunchy. It's not super dry. It it's got its own thing, but it's like so wholesome too, and it just kind of makes you feel, yeah, a certain way. And it just it gets about making you laugh in its own unique way. That's kind of what this show does. Okay. It like you have to just some of the the one liners because it's not outright. It, it is a comedy, but it doesn't play off that way sometimes. Kind of like Ted Lasso, where it, it it seems like it gets serious, but it's never taking itself serious. Yeah, and it it's hilarious. I mean, it's it's so funny. I recommend it. I I might have to check it out. It's a uh, yeah, I Raymond. I think we could do an episode. Yeah, we might have to. Raymond, anything on your end? No, not really. Like I said, I've just been grinding out some GTA, so right. I'm wanting to watch like a really good documentary. Mm. Not like something like I don't know, like Tiger King or anything like that. Never seen it. I don't know something like that. You're back in the tunnel. Yeah. Oh no, am I back in the tunnel? How am I? You are. Yeah, I've got you, but you said you wanted to see it like an interesting documentary. Yes. Um, I you've okay. I mean, I always got to start with the last. You've seen the Last Dance already, right? No, I have not. You that's haven't good. seen the Last Dance? No. Nope, okay. Not. Well, that's you know on Netflix. I, you have to see that. Um. But the the thing I was going to recommend, because I just assumed you had seen The Last Dance, uh, but something I watched recently, Sour Grapes, it's about, um, I don't want to give away too much, but like wine auctioning. Okay. Aged wines and that world, but there's a there's a twist to it. Oh, I bet it's Sour grapes. 
Yeah. Um, I, I have been, of course, you said, can we hear you? Not very, really. very lightly. Uh, How are we looking now? Okay, that, better. that's better. Yeah, um, better. It's it's like it gets better for a second, and then you go back under. How about now? That's it. That's good. Uh, oh. Well, I, I made a pun. I don't know if you heard it. I did. Not. I did not. Uh, yeah, I went. Uh, I said. Uh, it's probably like super. Uh, so it's like that business is probably super cutthroat and uh, seedy. No, uh, <laughs> oh, oh goodness! Back to the tunnel with you, sir. And yeah, back down. Back to the tunnel with you, seedy. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I've been, uh, of course, always rewatching Mad Men. Uh, we recently rewatched Glow. Have y'all ever heard of that? Heard of, heard of that? I've never seen it. Okay, yeah, really good women's wrestling show, and it stars Allison Brie, of course, Trudy from Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Amy from Community. I've uh, been watching that comfort show lately. Been leaning into Seinfeld and Scrubs, I guess. Okay. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I we have to start something new soon. So we we may get on the righteous gemstones. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think that's what it needs to be. Just because I, I really I really do think it's it's got a lot to react to, and, and yeah. because it's and Raymond, if you don't know anything about it, it's Danny McBride, um, mm-hmm. and you know I'm watching this show and I'm like, damn, Danny McBride's kind of talented, isn't he? Like, oh yeah. And Adam Devine, so that you know, Pitch Perfect, Bumper yeah, yeah. Pitch Perfect, and John Goodman. Um, mm. The basically, it's it's the story of a mega church, right? Um, a family that that has that you know that their family runs this mega church, like think New Spring on steroids, like just insane <laughs> production and over New the Spring top, on Austerine. on Austerine, That's right, <laughs> just absolutely kind of boxes and and very over the top but also kind of um, a, a commentary like a, in, in its own way, but also a comedy, but also a drama. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be worth, I think it'd be worth watching just, you know, it's funny, but I also think it's got a lot to say. Um, so I think and I might be, give I it a look tonight, Jeremy. Yeah, I think, I think give it a shot. Um, like I said, the, you, you got to want to like Bumper or Adam Devine, he like he's funny to me, but he also can be a little, I don't know, just trying too hard to be funny, not funny. Yeah, and just he's one of those actors to me, and mm-hmm. he kind of takes a minute to warm up to his to his character. But once you kind of actually do warm up to the family, because they all they play like their brothers and sisters, and Goodman is the dad. Um, once you warm up to their characters and and start mm-hmm. understanding like their chemistry. It it's it's pretty hard to stop watching. Okay, so all right. You know what yeah. you think? Well, any anything else y'all wanted to cover before we hopped off? Uh, real quick, Ronald Cunha just exited the game. Oof, injured. 
No, no. Why? Uh, they replayed. I mean, they took him out when he was in right field. Uh, but apparently he must have injured himself on his last bat. I mean, I didn't really see anything awkward. I mean, the thing I, the only thing I could make out is maybe he could have twisted his ankle. That's the only okay. thing that looked kind so of weird. It doesn't look like anything devastating. Oh no no he didn't have to be carted off the field or helped up he ran up like kind of like stumbled and he did like he didn't like hit the ground or anything but he ran to first and then he went to the outfield I guess the next inning and they uh he called the trainers over so he walked over on his own power okay. and everything so totally he was pointing fine. and grabbing at his right lower calf so so hopefully yeah. not a hamstring oh yeah yeah um. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep up with that. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Maybe, well, so. maybe the forty eight seventy can hold off. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. We, if need be, we can just hold them to the postseason. Exactly. Um, but I am, I think, joined by the others and saying thank you so much for listening to us. Um, yes. This has been the Going Down the List podcast. I'm E.T. Dubs. I'm your boy, the Fawn Stubbles. No, it is. Jeremy Javarius Mac over here. That's right. I'll be back probably tomorrow night, actually, for another instant take. It might not be as needy as last week's. Um, and we'll see. It might just be me. Might have a little company. Yes. Yes. I'll let us know. Tune yeah. in and find out. Yes, that's right. Leave it a surprise. Hope everybody, hope everybody has a good night and please drive safe.